Hello guys and welcome to my very first episode of the series book review. I am really excited about this because it's real funny to me how this all started. I did not think that I would do a book review in form of a podcast. I was like, yeah, I like to read books. I like to read them and talk about them. But in a podcast, I don't know. The, the crazy thing about this is that I actually made a review about one book that I will be introducing today. I made this review in the middle of the night. I didn't even think about doing a podcast back then. Like I had a thought about that, but I was like, that's not gonna happen. And here we are. I wanted to talk about this book because I just finished that. I was like, I have to get rid of those thoughts that I have in my head because it made me understand the book better. So here we go, I guess. And the problem is I'm making this intro after I did that book review, right? Because I don't think it's it's a good book review. Like I have to warn people, it's so bad. Like my voice sounds bad because it was like I said in the middle of the night. Like I don't know what I was on, but I sound so off. I sound like I want to just die, which which I really want to, by the way, but I sound bad, so bear with me. It's my first recording about a book ever, so it's not good, but I had some funny thoughts and I don't want to, you know, remake the whole episode because that would be bad too. Like, my original thoughts, I think, are the best ones. Looking back to it, I think it came out pretty well. The only thing that I will be remaking is the introduction of the book. So in this episode, I want to talk about the book, The Ballad of the Songbirds and Snakes. And you have to understand, guys, I'm really bad at pronouncing names, especially these ones that are about to be pronounced. So it's written by Suzanne Collins, who also wrote The Hunger Book. The Hunger Book. <laughs> Are you freaking serious? <laughs> I'm so... I can't. I recorded this part nearly five to seven times. So yeah, you gotta live with that. Anyways, <laughs> it's by Suzanne Collins and she wrote The Hunger Games. And I love The Hunger Games. She decided to make a story about President Snow. And as you all know, President Snow is the damn villain of this whole series so he needed some you know backstory i guess and this story is about his teenage years so it does not take place at the same time as the original hunger games that we all know that means we go back in time we go to the 10th hunger games i believe and we get to know President Snow and his teenage years and how he became the person that he is now. When I first saw this book on Amazon, I was like, oh my god, I have to get my hand on this one. It was like an unconscious need to get this book. And I don't know why I got it, but I just got it. Like, I pre-ordered it. I do ne like I never do stuff like that. But this is a very first 
thing that happened. Am I disappointed? I don't know. And I hope you will be enjoying my review on the whole book itself, on the story itself. So here it goes. So I decided to make a book review because I wanted to test out my new microphone. The story starts off with the almost like the the reaping of the 10th Hunger Games, which is the um or no, just let me start off differently. So the book begins to describe Cornelius Snow's life a little bit, his life as a yeah, as a student and to be mentor. The um, students in his school are chosen to be mentors for the games, for the 10th Hunger Games. I hope I pronounced it correctly, I don't think so, but yeah. It starts off with the reaping, when the players, or the tributes, better saying, yeah, the tributes was it, were, were chosen for the arena. They also get to know which tributes the mentors get to know which tribute they will get for the um for the hunger games so who they are supposed to mentor it's quite interesting the thoughts that he has in the beginning he seems to be a really like a simple person he had some history back in the war yeah he just wants to build up his reputation especially the family reputation which is really a major thing for him And I think that's where we start to understand why snow is snow. Yeah, <laughs> you could say that, I guess. I mean, okay, I get it. We start off with that. And I think the rest of this talk is just spoilers, I don't know. So he gets to know that, that this tribute of his is a girl from District 12. Very ironic. Yeah, she's a girl who's singing, who's really getting the attention of everybody and she knows how to deal with that she's a very interesting character i think i couldn't quite figure out what she wanted for her life till the very last chapter <laughs> like i mean i guess she wanted a simple life and i guess she she knew what was going like, of course she knew what was going on but She was pretty much a character, like her name is Lucy Gray, I forgot to mention. <laughs> I think she knows a lot of stuff about the whole system and how to be like a key figure in it, I would say. I don't even know what I'm saying right now. I thought her character was very interesting. I could not figure out her fully till the end. Or maybe I just didn't read it the right way. I think it was really sad that She was not really the key factor for the change in Cornelius Snow's character, if I could say that so. She she was a love interest, she was someone that Cornelius Snow had a relationship with, but um, it did not give me those vibes where I was like, mm -hmm, that's an adorable character or like that's a character i see myself in of course he's an antagonist in the hunger games series but here he is the protagonist you could say and everything that's against the protagonist is the antagonist 
of course, you cannot always expect from a villain's previous story to to feel a lot of sympathy for the villain or to even like understand to an extent why he why he behaves the way he behaves. But here in this book, you could clearly see what was driving him, what was his reasoning for his actions, because of course the thoughts of him were being described very well. I could understand why he would do such stupid stuff that he did. But I wish there was a climax, and that's my that's my biggest critique on this book. I think this book had no serious climax which made me feel like oh my god so this was his turning point no specific part in this book made me feel this way and i think it's because the climax was being dragged it was kind of a drag you were not really reading it for a certain point you were reading it for the whole length I can't believe I just made sense <laughs> because clearly I don't know what I'm talking about. It's like one in the morning. Very soon I have stuff to do tomorrow, but I'm doing this damn review. Yeah, what I think was a really interesting character, um, which kind of got lost in the in the point of view of Cornelius Snow. I mean, the story was not being told in his uh, point of view, but his point of view was the main point that we always got to see, that we got to think in. And what I think got lost in that was that character, his friend Sejanus or something. I don't know how to pronounce those names. Oh my god. But um, it's his like best friend, you can say, even though um, uh, Snow does not really feel that type of way for him he does feel some you know brotherly love for that character but it fades away till till the end yeah it fades out you can clearly understand why he does not feel that certain way for him anymore that point of view that we always got um make that other character seem like a total jerk and a total dumbass which he was not to be honest he was a good character who had a lot of potential and he was also the yeah you could say the the second side of the coin or the like second head of the coin i don't know how to describe that in english but um you know what i mean he was yeah pretty much like we have a system we have two sides the rebellion and the peacekeeping side the capital like the peacekeepers and stuff and we have and, and on one side we have cornelius snow who's obviously yeah he's not in love with the capital i don't think he ever was or he ever would be in his entire life but he is a loyal capital citizen if you could say that and on the other hand we have his friend his brotherly figure um because of their families who are also very close and he is a very rebellious person who is also showing a lot of affection towards the rebellion cause and who also helps the the rebels i think those those sides were written well but it's like i would want a little bit more of the rebel side like there was this 
spice in it that just felt like it wasn't there for some certain reason i don't know then we have the love story and there is where that district girl from 12 comes in and which also connects all the points to the hunger games series she is a singer she's singing a lot of songs and one of those songs which really like triggered me not triggered me but like where like the key point where i was like feeling like i was in love with that story was the hanging tree obviously the hanging tree was the song that katniss was singing um in the third book i guess and in the in the last movies yeah yeah this was a song that Lucy Gray, that girl from District 12, was singing in the end of the book. And I think that's the turning point of the whole story where Cornelius Snow is like completely going to the... Like he's first he's in the middle of everything and then he's going to the capital side, you could say. Or where he turns into the villain, I would say, maybe. I think that was the turning point, but it was not the climax. It was not the climax for me. I don't know. There was no climax at all. There were several climaxes. If you could climax, I don't know how to say that. But yeah, there were like several points where I felt like, oh my god, the story is going up and down, up and down. But not even the song turned that around and was really significant it was really dragged out in my opinion i don't know if, if it was like the free will of the author and she was feeling really you know i feel like we don't need the climax or i i didn't see the climax i'm stupid that could also be a you know a good reason but yeah overall i was fully aware of the fact that this was a story of a of a villain becoming a villain or yeah yeah you could say that i guess i was fully aware of the fact and i was really interested about it that's why i like ordered it before it even got out like i made a pre-order yeah i'm not disappointed i mean it was okay money to spend in a, in a book i would recommend reading it but yeah, you will not be seeing a climax. You will be reading a story of a villain becoming a villain, which is also pretty interesting. I think it was really re reality-based. Like, he, he had some pride that was lost and he wanted to regain his honor. That sounds like, oh my god, that sounds like the Avatar. <laughs> I can't. But um, yeah, he wants to somehow regain his honor and that's how he's trying to do it he's like trying to survive in this mess i was not really yeah maybe i should not have known that he was the bad guy yeah that was kind of the predictable part but there was like i said there was no part where i was like oh my god he's he's gonna be a good guy he never gave me that impression and i think that was what it was missing we had we needed a scene where he would have been the ultimate best guy ever that ever existed in order to get that effect of um of the turning events of a climax i think that was what was missing there for me personally but again i think keeping it realistic makes also very much sense because nobody is fully good nobody is fully bad and that is probably something 
which was not so bad about this book yes and that was my book review i think this took me like i don't know 80 minutes that's really nice um so thank you for listening i don't know where i'm gonna upload this bullshit <laughs> probably on spotify <laughs> i don't even know if i want to upload it maybe i'm not gonna upload it at all 